The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Oh God, where do we begin with this game against George Mason? Well, it's hard for me not to begin at one of the two things that has always been a big obsession of mine. If I was a coach, there are two things that I am particularly nuts about. And I'll say I'm nuts about it because, you know, they're, they're things I obsess over. They're, they're, these are the two things I obsess over con- constantly because as somebody that, that only played basketball a little bit as a kid and didn't have any talent, these are the two things I feel like you don't need a lot of talent to be good at. One of them is rebounding, specifically defensive rebounding, but rebounding in particular, the other one's free throws. BC was very good on free throws tonight, as they had been all season. Thank goodness, or this game could have been, would have been more of a more of a margin of defeat. But rebounding tonight kind of encapsulated everything. You know, we were worried. Everybody in our group, and anybody that was listening to this blog, you know, we talk. I mentioned it in the last uh, pod about you know this is a trap game, and hopefully they're not going to fall in the trap. Well, they did fall in the trap. They just they didn't have any energy whatsoever. And the thing that encapsulated it most was the rebounding. And in a game where you end up in overtime and you lose but three points in overtime, you can't just pick out one play and say it cost us the game, even though kind of technically it did. But you can pick these out and it's just an accumulation. And if I saw it once... And this doesn't even include the first three or four minutes because the game previous to this ran over. So I didn't get to see the first three or four minutes as I rewatched this. I was listening, of course, on on my phone as I was working. And if it happened once, it happened five times. A shot goes up and I'm watching five VCU guys just stand there and look at it. That's what they're doing. They're just standing there and look at it. Nobody's boxing out. Nobody's going to get it. They are standing there looking at it, hoping the ball is going to come to them. No, that is not how you rebound the basketball and expect to do it. And it's, and it's, and it's so hard to take because look at the way they rebounded on Wednesday against Richmond. They dominated the backboard. They slaughtered them on the backboard. They were, getting, they were hustling for the ball. They were getting after it. None of it today. None of it today. And again, in a game where you lose where you lose by three in overtime. Let me get the box score up. Second chance points 13 to 2. Which means that, believe it or not, as poorly as VCU played and as all the problems that they had, if they just been able to 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 do a better job at rebounding at rebounding George Mason's misses, they'd have won the game. And we talked about it in the last pod, too. We said, 
There isn't anything more deflating than playing really good defense and then giving up an offensive rebound and giving up a basket. And it happened time and again today. And you lose that stat by 11 points in a game that ends up in overtime, you lose by three. Ouch. Ouch. And that was just one thing. Uh, there were others. Transition defense. Even though fast breaks ended up 13-11 to 11 only in Mason's favor. VCU not getting back. Not getting back. Not just on turnovers, but they could they just miss a shot. And George Mason was looking to run at any time. And of course, that is what you should do against VCU. Because you don't want to face that half-court defense when it's set up. They ain't, they're not in the top 20 in defensive efficiency by accident, the Rams. They're a very good half-court defensive team. So you beat them down the floor when you can. Of course, it doesn't hurt when at times, and a, and a perfect example, they get the back-to-back baskets to get up seven, I think with seven or eight minutes left, including Highland's last basket before, you know, before he got hurt in the game. And then VCU goes to a trap. And I'm sitting there, if I'd have been watching it live, I'd have been like, why? Why? You've just had back-to-back baskets to get this thing up to seven. You're playing well defensively still at this point. Why are you going to the trap? George Mason plays right through it, ends up with a three-on-one, gets a layup. So it's like they didn't have a chance to really put the pressure on them with the clock starting to run down. And that is terrible coaching. Let me be clear about that. I don't blame the players for that. I blame the coach. And that's why the frustration with Mike Rhodes comes because, golly Moses, something like that just doesn't make any sense to do it to do that. And and it goes from there. And, And, God, you know, the turnovers, 19 turnovers. Lucky for them, Mason had 20. But they had 11 assists versus 19 turnovers, and they had 11 assists on 26 made baskets, and that is not good enough. And the thing is, what we saw once Bones Highland went out injured is that you can get away with that a little bit because Highland is so good at getting his own offense and stuff. But when he's not on the floor, that can't happen. And the amazing thing is he goes off injured with three minutes left. They're down three. With two minutes left, and then they ran two great offensive sets back-to-back to get the lead. To get the lead, and I'm thinking to myself, if they win, if they win this game, they can hang on for another minute. You know, those two sets are going to be huge, especially if Highland is seriously injured. It looks like he might be. But we'll get to that in a minute. And what happens? Mason comes down. The guy misses a shot, and Orduro slides right in there and gets a rebound. Nobody's looking at him. Nobody's putting a body on him. Oh, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And what's going on with Ace Baldwin? Because his decision-making is not good. What is going on with him? He had a tough night tonight. Two assists, six turnovers. Oh, excuse me. Two assists, two turnovers. Highland actually had a really bad night in, in that department. For a guy who had you know so many assists, he's uh, done so well with assists and turnovers lately. He had zero assists and six turnovers. But again, Ace Baldwin, thir- he had six deals, which is great, but Ace Baldwin, 13 shots from the field, two assists, two turnovers. 
And for those of you that aren't, aren't watching this video, I'm shaking my head no. I need the Ace Baldwin back that is a facilitator. I need, and VCU needs, especially if Highland is out these next few games or even longer, God forbid, the Ace Baldwin that will conduct the orchestra that we saw early in the season that was up there, you know, in the top, you know, 30 or 40 in the country in assist to turnover ratio at one point. We need that Ace Baldwin because, you know, somebody's mentioned, well, how can you replace 20 points per game by Tuesday? You can't, but everybody else can get more. And there's enough people that could get more. Jameer Watkins, he had some frustrating things tonight, but he gets 13 points. And he's and and one thing I'll say for him, he may he'll make some mistakes and he'll do some things that drive you nuts, and he'll make and he'll you know make some decisions, and you're like, oh God, he definitely is a freshman. But he's got the kind of amnesia you need in the sense that if he if he if it doesn't work out. He's going to go right back at it. He's not going to lose his confidence. That's good. You just have to temper. You just have to try and temper certain things and get him to learn from those mistakes. You know, Curry had a couple of baskets. That's somebody that we're going to have to look at and rely on. You know, Vince Williams, 15 points. Vince Williams ended up with having a pretty darn good game when you think about it. 15.7 boards, five assists, five assists from Vince Williams. And that's the thing. I want Ace Baldwin the facilitator, but if we can just get the ball up the floor, you know, Vince Williams can be that facilitator at the top of the key as well because he's not a short. He's got size, so he can look over the defense, especially if he's got a shorter guy on him. So that's something where you can help out. Get the ball to Stockard more. He gets the big three-point play uh, in, in, you know, at the end, near the end of regulation that could have won the game for him. He's got to get more than five shots, and he's got to play more. And they shouldn't be afraid to go with three big guys, especially if Highland's not going to be out there. You could almost go the ultra-big lineup and have Williams, Stockard, Ward, and Douglas out there if you need to at times. That's something to think about. But really, if this team's not going to have Bones Highland, then they have to get back to something that I believe is their principles and there is their foundation, and that is sharing the basketball, moving without the ball, cutting, screening. That's another thing. This stinking diamond press that, that George Mason put on him, that shouldn't work. Not with Ace Baldwin as good a ball handler as he is or Highland. You know why it did? Because one of them would get the ball in the backcourt and have somebody come to double team, and is anybody moving towards them to come? Towards them to help? No. In one case, Highland was just standing over on the overside of the uh, court and just looking at him. Come to the ball, and somebody else was running away. You want to break a press? First, the ball's got to move quick, and secondly, you have to come towards it. You just can't stand back there and wait and hope they break the press, and then you can have two or three on one. You've got to come towards the basketball. And if you're not going to do that, then you've got to make sure the ball moves quick, whether that's passing it or whether that's breaking it by dribbling through it, which, of course, is dangerous as hell, but that's a whole other story. And it's just, do they work on this stuff? And, again, this is where I get mad at the coach because I wonder if they work on this stuff. And they were talking about during the game, well, we work on the end-of-game situations. They were talking about the, the, what happened at the end of regulation, which I'll get to that in a minute. 
because I actually didn't hate I didn't hate that he didn't take a timeout. I hated what Baldwin did there because that was the one time you needed to be selfish and go to the basket. But it's like you it wasn't as bad as UVA Syracuse in that regional final, but really a press shouldn't work against a team like VCU. But you have to come to the basketball. You must. You must. You cannot run away from it, especially if your guy is stuck and not moving. So they got to learn from that because other teams are going to try it now. They're going to see what George Mason did with it, and they're going to use it as a change of pace. Oh, gosh. So that was really frustrating. That was that was frustrating because, again, shouldn't have changed the game. At the point that that's on, it's a 10-point game. VCU's got to be seeing this game out, and normally they would. Not this time. Oh, mercy. I, I'll tell you. Just so many little things. And again, in a game this close, those little things become the big things. Not boxing out. Not hustling to get the basketball. And yeah, the energy levels weren't good. So here's another question. You see the energy levels aren't good. Brown Jones got barely almost four minutes. Banks hardly got in there. Heck, Medley Bacon. Think about using him. Maybe you needed to just to give these other guys a rest. Oh, goodness gracious. But these players, they these players too, they got to understand what's made them successful and say, let's get back to that. We're struggling. Let's get back to the things that we know how to do well and the basic things we know how to do well and something else. Transition offense tonight was awful. Because if I saw it once, I saw it four or five times. They'd get the steal or a miss, and I'd see one guy going against three or four, not even looking. And if Curry did it, Baldwin did it, Williams did it, they all did it just about. And it's like, unless you're Nashawn Highland, unless you're Bones Highland, you got to pull that ball out. You got to look to make the extra pass, or you got to make one more pass. There's another time when they had a steal. And it looked like they're gonna get a layup and it gets blocked, and it's like you need to there you need a shot fake or one more pass. But pull the ball out and run your stuff. No, we're gonna I'm gonna take it up against two or three guys and have a tough shot and miss it. Nobody on this team except Highland is good enough to do it by themselves. And even and even he at times isn't good enough to do it by himself, and he knows it. And that's why he's been so good these last few games is that he hasn't forced it all the time. So if he can't do that or he's not, shouldn't do it, what about the rest of you? Get back to playing as a team. That is how you can overcome Highland's injury, depending on how long he's out. And that is how you, that, and that's how you're going to win these games when he comes back and do something in this tournament. If you can get to the big tournament. Of course, now that's up in the air. That Mason, losing to Mason at home is a terrible loss. Terrible loss. And it's three years in a row now. So, And there's another thing I don't want to hear anymore. George Mason's not our rival. But they keep going to the Seagull Center and winning. And not a lot of other teams other than Rhode Island do that regularly. And I'm getting a little tired of it. I don't want to hear that nonsense from any VCU fans because I've heard it way too much the last four or five years. They're not our rival. Oh, really? Tell that to them. 
because they sure as hell acted like it. And then, of course, the other thing you need is you need a few breaks when you're when you get in a game like this. Sometimes you need a few things to go your way. The charge call on Vince Williams in overtime was terrible, and that was a huge call. Absolutely awful. It was a block all day long. He should have been shooting free throws. But the other thing you need is you need one of the worst foul shooting teams in the country, and I knew they were bad. I knew they were bottom of the conference. I didn't realize they were the eighth worst foul shooting team in the country. At least that's what the TV announcers were saying on NBC Sports Network. But that, you know, you need them to shoot like they normally do on foul shots. Because if they do, VCU wins the game. Instead, they shoot 72%, which is nearly 10 points better than their average. And if you want to spotlight somebody specific, Josh Oduro, the 50% foul shooter, makes 11 out of 14. What the hell? If he makes 8 out of 14 or 7 out of 14, which is more towards his average, VCU wins the game. So that's the thing. When you get in these trap games, sometimes you need a break like that. Sometimes you need something like that to break your way because if you do, you escape and say, whew, we got out of it alive. Unfortunately, not the case. Not the case. And now because of all this nonsense with the tournament. And that's the other thing. The commissioner of the A-10, you're lucky. Because I thought VCU was going to roll in this game today, and I wouldn't have much to talk about, so I could have spent a lot of time breaking down your idiocy. But I guess we'll have to leave that for another time. You know, now it's kind of up in the air. Everything's up in the air. VCU absolutely needs to win one of the last two regular season games they have, either against St. Louis at home or Davidson away, they got to win at least one of those. Win one of those and then don't get beat in the quarterfinal. And they should get in the tournament as an at-large. But, you know, any hopes of something like getting a single-digit seed, which I thought was possible, or even a home jersey in round one, which I thought was possible, that's out. And it's, and it's just – it really is hard to take because it's a team – that's struggling kind of in the middle of the pack. They're six and six in the conference now. And it's the thing. They've beaten us down there, and they've been near the bottom of the conference, and they've been beating, beating VCU down there. And they nuked our season last year, and I hope that's not what happened here. I really hope that's not what happened here. But seriously, fellas, get back to the basics. Get back to the things that made you a good team in the first place. You may not have Bones Highland the next two games. You may not have Bones Highland until an NCAA tournament if we get that far. We don't know. Saw the picture on the V on the in the Facebook fan group page with his with his ankle all in a cast and whatever. That could be precautionary. If he's in a walking boot, that's a precautionary thing. Who knows? If it's a sprained foot, as somebody was intimating. Then you sit him the next two games, no question about it. Because I'll tell you what, I hope Mike Rones learned from two years ago with Marcus Evans. Because he kept playing Marcus Evans, even though Marcus Evans was clearly not 100%. He needed to sit. He didn't. When they got to the NCAA tournament, he wasn't healthy. It showed, and it contributed to them losing to Central Florida. And that's the other thing. God love you, Bones, because I know you're going to want to play you don't get a vote here. The vote that matters is the doctor. Now, I don't know anything about his ankle injury, and I don't know anything about his hip flexor, and anybody that's listening to this or watching this video, especially if you've played 
if you've had those injuries while playing a sport, you could explain to me about whether you know taking a game or two off would actually help, taking a week off would help or not, because I don't know. But seriously, if the doctor says to get him anywhere near 100%, he needs to sit, he sits. And that's it. And I don't care what Bone says about it or anybody else says about it. We cannot have what happened two years ago with Marcus Evans in the tournament because that is nonsense. That is absolute nonsense what happened. And it scuppered any chance. And it's a pity because, you know, Highland again – you know he had to. You know he didn't. He didn't score a lot. He didn't score a lot early because he was dealing with the hip flexor or whatever. Seventeen points. He ends up with, you know, six to twelve from the field. Only took five threes. Only made the one. That uh, with the shot clock running down. And that was the other thing. I'll give VCU credit on this one. Only took. They didn't make a three pointer after after halftime, but they only took five. Good. They weren't forcing it. That was good. Free throws. Made them. They only missed two free throws uh, uh, against Mason, and one of them they had to miss on purpose. So they only missed one free throw when they're actually trying to make them, which is good. So, I mean, that's the other thing. As as much as their energy levels were down, it also usually shows up in foul shooting, and it didn't show up last night. So they at least did that. But you got to do these other things. And look. Everybody ups their production a little. You can make up for Highland not being there. You got Williams, Stockard, Ward, Baldwin, Watkins, Curry are all capable of scoring the basketball enough to make up for the 20 points he's not there. But it's not going to happen unless this team realizes you can't do it yourself. You've got to play as a team on the offensive end of the floor. You've got to defend as a team on the defensive end of the floor. And by God, you've got to go get that basketball when it comes off the backboard and the rim. You just cannot watch it and hope it comes to you because that's what they did time and again tonight. And it's, and it's one of the many things that cost them this game. And you think about everything I said, and it still ended up in overtime, and they still could have won the game in overtime. They didn't. Now let's talk about Real quick, let's talk about the last uh, play of regulation. I agreed with the TV announcer. I don't like – here's why I don't like calling a timeout because you can catch the defense not set. And they had the opportunity after the steal to do it. And this is the one time Ace Baldwin needed to be – needed to be looking for his own shot instead of something else. You go to the rack. It's tie game. You win the game with any kind of a basket. And he had an opportunity to do it, and then instead he circles back, tries another, you know, kind of a fake drive, half drive, whatever. It was it wasn't a real attempt to drive the basketball. Goes nowhere, kicks it out to Vince Williams. Vince Williams almost makes a three. Ace, you should have been looking. As soon as you get that ball, you should have been looking at that basket and going to it. Going right for it. Because if you do that, there's a I, I believe in your ability enough that you're going to get there and maybe you're going to get fouled, maybe you get the basket. And then look, if you go to the basket and you miss, hey, whatever. I can live with it. Um, but, yeah, that that I don't have a problem with not calling a timeout. I have a problem with taking a three-pointer to win the game at, a, at the buzzer when it's a tie game, even with it being Vince Williams who can hit him. 
even with it being Vince Williams, is like, go to the basket. Go to the basket and see if you can get a layup to win this game. Because you could have spared yourself that overtime and getting beat there. Oh, goodness. So... Thanks to thanks to the commissioner and her and her nonsense. We're now down to St. Louis on Tuesday. Whew. What a time to be playing them. They haven't just gotten their butt handed to them by uh by Dayton again. And Davidson next Saturday. And I and I'm definitely off this Tuesday unless I get called into work and I'm gonna do everything in my power not to be. I think I'm off next Saturday as well. Uh, and I'm hopefully going to avoid getting called into work for that too. The guy and, and look, the other, the only good thing about losing a game like this is that you can't, you can't sit here and say and say, yeah, but we won the game. You can't alibi the stuff you did wrong by saying, yeah, but we won the game because you didn't win the game. It reveals losing reveals everyone's faults. And there's no place to hide, and the and the video review will not be pleasant. When they sit down and watch the tape of this, it's it's going to be uncomfortable for everybody because everybody's going to see something that they did and go, "Ugh, I can't believe I did that." And the rebounding is the main one, and we know what a good what a bunch of bruisers St. Louis are, how good they are on the backboard, how tough Hassan French is. So hopefully, the energy will be better. The desire will be better. The, the the fundamentals will be better because again, it is not about talent and size. Talent and size helps with rebounding, but it is about those other three things: doing the fundamentals well, like boxing out, and just sheer I want to get to the ball more than you, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. And I know that because I watched. You know, the, the, one of the, the arguably greatest rebounder, in my opinion, the greatest rebounder in NBA history was 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, and his name was Dennis Rodman. And he was regularly giving up uh, height and weight and lots of height and weight to, to, to guys he played against, and he still got every stick and rebound he could get his hands on. So I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear this, well, you know, the guy's bigger than me. Well, that that doesn't matter. Unless he's unless he's seven or eight inches bigger than you, it doesn't really matter. And again, if you box him out properly, it can still not matter. Because if he reaches over you, he's going over your back. So against St. Louis, we can't have this effort on the backboards, or they'll absolutely marbleize us. We cannot have it. And look, you get a win over St. Louis, not only do you stick it to them. And you keep that, and you maybe put them down to a lower seed. Um, you give yourself another top fifty win. I think they're still top fifty in the net. I don't know about maybe not after the way they got smoked at Dayton. But you 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 give yourself a chance to win this regular season, depending on winning percentage and all that stuff. Oh God, I don't even want to talk about what the commissioner came up with. And you give you and and you give yourself that opportunity, and you and you maybe arrest whatever dip in the in the in the in the bracket and in the seed list that you're going to have from losing this game tonight. So I'm like everybody else. I'm really frustrated because there's just no way they should have lost tonight. And the most annoying thing of all is, is that as bad as they were, if they could have just gotten a normal foul shooting performance out of Mason, 
VCU would have escaped tonight, and that would have been that would have been a relief. But you gotta you gotta credit Mason because they 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 really they did for them VCU's arrival, and very rarely do they roll over. I mean, I remember VCU crushing them up there a couple of years ago, but by and large, they're gonna fight us tooth and nail, and and they showed that again, and we didn't, and VCU did not react to it well and that's disappointing because again i for me every time that vcu plays an in-state team it's a big game and you want to win it because you want to be the best team in the state always so that's it i want to thank everybody for watching this video on in the fan group i want to thank you for listening to this pod if you're listening to it uh rate review subscribe on apple podcast share it around tell you tell your friends uh about it and all that sort of stuff And I look forward to watching the St. Louis game live on Tuesday where hopefully uh, we will turn around this loss by sticking it to the Billikens, sticking it to the Billikens here. So thanks, everybody. Have a good night. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, Join the Facebook group, VCU Basketball Fans, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.